This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's Mike Shope. We were having a very serious conversation about mayonnaise here. And the Bulldog. And don't even talk to me about weed. On WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, glad to have you all with us here on this Friday afternoon. I am the Bulldog. Mike Shope has the day off. Zach Jones and Joe Kelly riding shotgun, and we are very happy to welcome back to the show and back on the West Her Hotline with us, Joe Marino from the Draft Network and Locked On Bills podcast. Joe's been doing a regular thing with our morning guys going back into last year's draft season, so we've kind of left them alone and we miss you, Joe. We need we needed we needed to touch base, man. I think our audience misses you, and uh, frankly, not to get weird, I missed you. So thank you for making the time to double dip here this week with us. Of course, and, and anytime. I know that I've been doing a lot with those morning guys, but uh, of course, anytime you you want me to come on, I'd, I'd love to do it. So good to be on with you. So how um, I don't know, how treacherous a time are the Bills about to encounter here with? Edmonds and Poyer maybe at the front of the of the list, top of the list of free agents that you know they could be in line to be losing here. I mean, how how uh, how tough of a time do you think we're in for? It's certainly unsettling to a degree, just because I feel like this is the first off season with Brandon Bean as general manager, where I don't know that I felt super sure about what his plan is going to be. Um, you know, I feel like in years past, he's been a little bit more candid about certain areas on the team that um, he felt were necessary to improve and kind of went out and did those things, whether it was scoring points and trading for Stefan Diggs or coming out and saying that we have to be able to get the quarterback on the ground and making a big move for Von Miller. I'm not sure what the plan is. And for as much as you would think a, a guy like Tremaine Edmonds fits into the draft develop re-sign philosophy that he's preached and, and really executed to this point, you're starting to get some rumblings that maybe Tremaine has played his last game in Buffalo and Jordan Poyer uh, probably on his way out. Some changes with the defensive coaching staff. It just it feels a little unsettled right now, and I'm really fascinated to see what the plan is next week because while it does feel unsettled because we're a little unsure, I don't think he's going to lay down. I think he's going to still want to go out and try to make this football team better, and really uh, surely he's fueled by a fourth consecutive season where – you know, there's a playoff exit, and when it's certainly the last three years where the expectations were to go a little bit further. So I think Bean's going to come out swinging. I just don't know what those punches are going to be. Right, yeah. I mean, the, the Poyer thing, Joe, um, you know, it, 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 it feels very much to me like if they were going to get something done with him, that would have happened, I don't know, last August even, right? Or at any point between then and now, I feel like, you know, and, and, and look, I, I made the case, 
at his age, the kind of money that he might command on the open market, like he wants to go test that, I get that. I, I wouldn't have wanted to commit, like, say, the Harrison Smith contract to Boyer last summer. I don't know if that would have been good business, but what you're left with is now struggling maybe to find a replacement for him who's played at a very high level and prior to this year played almost all the games and, you know, compounded by the uncertainty around DeMar Hamlin, who was, you know, like a Hyde's replacement, but certainly could have been counted on as a Poyer replacement moving forward, I think. Um, and we don't know where that's going to land. So, I don't know, do, do you think they've made the right call in not prioritizing a Poyer extension prior to now? I understand it for sure. I think we could all admire the tenure that Jordan Poyer had for the Buffalo Bills and what he's brought to this defense, this team, the city since 2017. I think he's certainly a player that feels like everyone's fond of, and and that's pretty rare, right, to to be in a town that long, to to have so many people that are just really respect you. Um, And so that's hard to say goodbye to, but at the same time you understand it, given positional value, the price tag, the age, the injuries, right? I mean, uh, two different elbow injuries, a, a rib injury that kept him from flying, a foot injury, a concussion. That's a lot for an age 32 safety. And, you know, what's interesting about this entire Bills uh, football team, when you think about this life cycle, and, and certainly we know that in the NFL it's not designed to keep everyone, right? There's there's always going to be some players that you have to say goodbye to. But I, I feel like until this point, there hasn't been those really hard losses, you know, like uh, a Harrison Phillips gets away, you know, like that, that's, that's not Edmonds. That's not Poyer, Right. So uh, this could be that first time where you really feel like, Oh wow. Yeah. The salary cap is real. They couldn't bring everyone back. And then on top of that, you kind of lean into, okay, well, what does the, what does this mean for other opportunities? If you don't commit the money to Poyer and or Hyde, what opportunities that, does that present for you to get the replacements that are certainly going to be cheaper, but then also kind of fill your roster out in other areas? So there's some some interesting pivots that are that I anticipate coming along the way. Yeah, and they, I you know they would know better than we would on the outside, Joe. Um, but Mike and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday. Um, like Hyde, I, I know you you might be inclined to feel optimistic about him returning because there was talk of him getting back on the field that they had beaten the Bengals um, and, and playing in the playoffs. But, you know, that was a serious injury, and you've got an off season for him to kind of ponder his future. And, like, I, I wonder, you know, I wonder where that stands. Like I said, I, I think they would know, certainly with more certainty, how that's tracking. But I don't know that we should just lock Hyde in considering the seriousness of that injury. Well, you know, it feels like everybody wants to talk about offense and getting more offensive line help and more firepower in the weaponry for Josh Allen, and I certainly understand that. But as this this new league year approaches, I find myself becoming a little bit concerned about the defense and whether that's, you know, Leslie, Leslie Frazier resigning uh, or, yeah, I guess that's probably the right word. I mean, mm-hmm. stepping away for a season. Um, and I know that a lot of people think that that could uh, lead to some better results, and I, I certainly have my concerns about – the last four playoff exits and Leslie Frazier's role in them. Uh, but you still have some uncertainty there. And, and then you think about three of your top four players on defense, um, all sort of aging and all coming off significant injuries, right? Von Miller, 33, coming off of an ACL tear. Of course, what prompted this conversation was Micah Hyde, who's 32, coming off of a neck fusion. And then Trey White, who's still trying to prove himself as healthy at 28 years old, coming off of an ACL tear. Meanwhile, Matt Milano's 
the other guy that I think you would comfortably say those are three of your top four players on defense. So there's just some uncertainty there, and maybe it's time for that. Maybe it's time for some turnover. Maybe some of that nucleus has run its course. But this is quickly looking like a defense that's aging, and you wish that you felt better about some of the younger talent being able to really uh, step up and be that next wave of, of core nucleus players on the defensive side of the football. Meanwhile, all the stuff that we haven't even got to about the offense. Right, which hopefully we will get to because I, I got to I got to get to the Edmonds question with you, Joe Marino on the Western Hotline uh, with me here on WGR Joe Locked On Bills podcast and the Draft Network. Um, where do you come down at Edmonds and value? I mean, I, I would certainly like to see the Bills retain this player, but I'm also not interested in seeing them tie up 27 or 28 million dollars in two linebackers with Milano already signed. So there's a riddle for you. What do you do? Well, I think that's the reality of the situation. If you want Tremaine Edmonds back, you're looking at, I would guess, on the very low end, $15 million a season. But I think it's going to push for 20 I really do. I think you're probably looking more in the 18 to 20 range. And you, start, you have to ask yourself that question. Do you want a linebacker pair that you know, pushes $30 million a season? Um, that's a fair question to ask. And so, like, as you consider that Tremaine Edmonds is a young player, that was the second-ever draft pick that Brandon Bean never made. He traded up to get him in the first round. Uh, he's been a five-year starter for you, a four-year captain, a two-time pro bowler. Certainly played his best football this past season. Even the biggest of, uh, of uh, people who don't care for Tremaine Edmonds would acknowledge this was his best season. Um, and he's been a lot to your team. And he's been the middle linebacker for some really good defenses over the last five seasons. And at entering his age 25 season, you feel like there's just still a whole lot there to work with. And so saying goodbye to that player, it, it certainly it certainly would sting. But then there is that, you know, you, you kind of have to make the business decision and, and ask yourself, well, is it smart to have $30 million a year tied up in two linebackers? And in today's NFL, um, you know, that's certainly not um, an avenue that most teams would want to go down. Yeah, I, I felt like, and, and this might sort of dovetail into something you just mentioned, which is young guys ready to step in. The way that they were talking, and, and, and Leslie Frazier is the one who comes to mind, who you've already touched on, him um, him taking a, a leave of absence and he's not going to be a part of the staff moving forward. Last summer, hearing him specifically talk about Terrell Bernard, I thought, boy, like a light went on when I heard him talking about his instincts and just how how bullish they were on this player they had drafted in the third round, I thought, well, that's it. He's 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 a starter next year in place of one of – they're going to have to make a choice. Like they could get out from under Milano if they wanted to and keep Edmonds or let Edmonds walk. Either way, you're plugging Bernard in, and, boy, his rookie season just did not – it wasn't encouraging. It doesn't mean it's dismissed as an idea – but it's a lot harder, I think, to just sort of lean on. There's my replacement for Edmonds or or Milano, if you were to choose, you know, one over the other. Well, I, you know, I think what's what's fascinating here. There's a lot of layers to my journey with Terrell Bernard, and, and I certainly evaluated him coming out of of Baylor, um, and I, I didn't value him in the third round. I thought he was worth a, a later pick, um, and then when the Bills drafted him in the third round, I thought to myself, this feels a lot more like a Milano replacement than an Edmonds replacement. Meanwhile, Milano is the one that's locked up, and Edmonds is on the expiring contract. But then I think when you look at the trajectory of Terrell Bernard's rookie year, I, I, you should be concerned. He, he gets the chance to start uh, the Jets game, 
right? Uh, the, the Bills lost that game, and if you remember all those passes to the middle of the field from Zach Wilson, of all people, completing those passes, and then Michael Carter looking like Barry Sanders there at the end of that game, the Bills wind up losing. And I think a lot of that's probably on Jaquan Johnson, too, as the guy that had to fill in at safety in that game. But Terrell Bernard getting the start and playing nearly 100% of the snaps, I think that contributed as well. So then what happens for the Lions game? This, to me, is where it really gets telling. When they had another opportunity where they had to be without Tremaine Edmonds, they chose to play A.J. Klein, who they signed off the street, instead of Terrell Bernard, who gave them an entire game worth of experience. And then you get to the playoffs, and Terrell Bernard's a healthy scratch. And so that trajectory is not very encouraging to me, especially when I couple it with the player that I evaluated at Baylor and really thinking about him as a true read-and-react downhill player and what his coverage instincts are. I, I have massive concerns if the Bills plan at middle linebacker to replace Jermaine Evans as Terrell Burner. Yeah, I would think that he would be someone who they would want to have in the mix, but I don't think you can you can just say that that's our that's our starter. Like I, I would think they have to go find if they indeed lose Edmonds. And I don't know. Do you have a, a read at this point, Joe, on what sort of options there might be there on the free agent market if they want to go that route in advance of the draft? I'm sure there are linebackers in the draft they could they could you know feel comfortable about uh, to some extent. But are there I don't know is is there a decent moderately priced free agent linebacker idea that you like if they end up being priced out of the Edmonds market? I think the good thing about linebacker and safety is that there's a good mix of free agents. There's a good mix of draft talent. And at linebacker specifically, there's this group of veterans that intrigue me that includes Eric Kendricks, Bobby Wagner, and Levante David. And I think all three of those players would be cheaper than Tremaine Edmonds. Now, certainly not as much of a long-term answer, Uh, but a a really worthy one, two-year player. Mm -hmm. And then there's some younger guys that I like as well, whether that's David Long from the Tennessee Titans, who I think is a very instinctive player that's good in coverage and can play downhill, very slippery through contact. And Bobby Okereke from the Colts, who I think, you know, 35-inch arms has a lot of range. I really like like his trajectory and what he could do in terms of replicating some of the range and length that you enjoyed by having Tremaine Edmonds. Then there's like a Devin Bush who, you know, really a former first-round pick. The Steelers traded up to get him, I think, around pick number 10 and looked really good early in his career, had an ACL tear, didn't quite come back the same. You know, I feel like maybe he's a possibility as a one-year flyer. You think about Alex Anzalone from the, from the, the, uh, the Lions, and, and there's a lot to like there. I, I think there's a good mix of if you want to go in on an expensive veteran, you want to get an up-and-comer, you want to go with more of a mid-level experienced guy, they're going to have options, um, but you know, I, I don't know that any one of them is a clean projection uh, to replace Tremaine Evans and do everything that he did, given a base nickel defense and all the real estate he was responsible for in coverage and playing downhill. Yeah, I like the veteran stopgap idea. Maybe, like you mentioned, Kendricks and Bobby Wagner, and I don't know, we'll see about cost on those guys because uh, there's a, obviously a limit to, to what you'd want to do there to replace a guy that you're deciding you can't afford to pay. Um, but I, I like it because it wouldn't necessarily close the door on Bernard moving forward. And given that you invested a third-round pick there, I, I, I'd want to leave room for if he were to emerge – here over the course of the summer and into the season, not so much that he could supplant, say, a Bobby Wagner or a Kendricks if he went out and signed that guy, but that that guy is sort of a stopgap, like you said, and then I've got 
a third-round pick on a rookie contract still that I can plug in there to replace the, the veteran when he ages out. I, I, I might like that, you know, ideal scenario-wise as, uh, as an approach for the Bills. What do you think of that? Well, I, I, I could buy into that as well. Um, you feel like you know what you're getting for a year or maybe two or whatnot, and you still have Bernard, like you said there, like him or not, he's a third-round pick. And, and if there's something that I would cling to for positivity as it relates to Terrell Bernard is one of the things that Sean McDermott uh, made known a few times since drafting Bernard and answering questions about Bernard is what really fueled that draft pick was his relationship with Baylor head coach Dave Aranda, who's renowned for his defensive pedigree, you'd like to think that there was some pretty good intel exchange there about what type of player he is and uh, what type of projection he can have at the next level. You know, am I convinced? No, but I think if you're looking for some of those positives, that's certainly what I'd be clinging to. One more thing on defense: um, you you obviously would have paid attention to. to um, Christian uh, Benford, when he was coming out, sixth-round pick, kind of a surprise story, ended up, you know, playing a role on this defense that maybe was, you know, larger than was expected given his draft status. Now this offseason, there's been some talk, although I think McDermott might have threw some cold water on it, talking about him staying at corner for now, but some talk about Benford moving to safety. Do you see that projection as as being a good idea? Yeah, I do. Uh, This is something that I said when I did my reactionary podcast right after they picked Christian Benford, I, th- I said, I think the play here could be him eventually getting to safety, uh, knowing that the Bills really value safeties that have a corner background. Um, and so whether that's a Villanova or one year uh, as a rookie with the Bills playing corner where, you know, like you mentioned, got a lot more playing time than we probably anticipated as a six-round pick out of Villanova. Um, and so that probably equips him well uh, to – Make the transition, having that, that corner background. But I, I think also he's a physical player, and that matters at safety, right? You've got to be able to tackle and, and, and fit and play downhill, which he does do. But he's also got really good ball skills. Uh, we saw some of that as a rookie, but going back to Villanova, just a lot of volume when it comes to ball production, interceptions, pass breakups. And um, obviously he's been able to win the, the coaching staff over. I mean, for him as a six-round pick, to start the first few games until he was injured over their first-round pick, Guy Elam, I mean, that says a lot about the way the coaching staff use him. And so I don't know that you can go into it with your all your eggs in the basket of Christian Benford being that starter opposite of Micah Hyde, but I think him being in the mix is something that perks me up and gets me intrigued because otherwise what's the path for him to be on the field? Special teams and playing backup role to Elam and White. On the offensive side of the ball, Joe, we've gobbled up almost this entire segment talking about defense, which is fine. You, you, you sort of let off saying, you know, everybody talks about the offense and you're worried about the defense. So we devoted a lot of time to that side of the ball. Running back, Singletary is a free agent. Um, Cook flashed some. They've got a big contract to Naheem Hines. Uh, what's the way forward at running back that you uh, prefer? Well, I think uh, James Cook – James Cook is a player in the Buffalo Bills that I think from week one to the end of the year showed the most in-season growth last year. Um, And it's motivated me to believe that he can be the lead back for the Bills. And and that's lead back for the Bills, not like a normal, traditional 20, 25-touch-a-game guy, but for the Bills in the way that they use the running backs, he can be the lead guy. But what they do need to do is two things. First of all, there's no way that Naheem Hines – can play under this current contract that he has. Uh, there's no guaranteed money left on the deal whatsoever. 
And right now the Bills are on the hook for nearly $5 million next year and $5.5 million the following year. That's not a world you can live in. He has to come back on a reduced deal, and I think that will happen. I think there's just common sense there. And then what I think you really need to add to this backfield is a physical downhill presence that gives you short yardage ability because you don't get that in Hines or Cook. That's not really going to be their game. Those guys are more spread runners. You, you, know, you want that true between-the-tackles guy that can – give you some value on special teams that can give you some value in pass protection. So there's some, there's a lot to like about Heinz and Cook and the playmaking ability that they have, but in terms of providing all the skill necessary for the backfield from a short yardage perspective, from a grinding out tough yardage late in the game perspective, uh, like we mentioned, pass protection, like you need that player still. And so whether that's a veteran or a mid-round draft pick, I think the Bills need to get a, a complimentary physical downhill back to add to this backfield and at receiver joe i have been saying since they lost to the chiefs in the afc title game at the end of the 20 season like it stood out to me that day against the chiefs and it is still stood out to me as as prolific as this offense has been i feel like they are lacking like real speed and so i, I wonder at receiver like just paris campbell is a name that's come up and that that's a really fast guy who's kind of been derailed by injury slot yeah. guy that might be a real fit i don't know what what, what do you think of just search, i don't want to just search for one trait but i don't know what, what do you think do you, do you think they are lacking speed because i feel like they are i would agree uh, especially you know josh allen obviously big arm quarterback can push the ball down the field very good vertical passer we certainly saw Ken Dorsey's appetite for the deep ball last year. Um, and doing that absent of a guy that can just run by people is pretty tough, right? You're really relying on route concepts, uh, receivers to be able to stack and get on top of corners and maintain vertical leverage, right? It's tough It's tough to win down the field when you just can't simply outrun people. Uh, so I think that would absolutely be a boost uh, to the Bills' offense and something that's missing, and I, I would align with you there. I would also say that they're missing a slot player. Um, And that middle of the field, route running, ability to beat zone coverage, process coverage rotation on the fly, and just be available when Josh Allen needs to stay on schedule, I think he was missing that as much as anything this year. And, you know, maybe a healthy Jamison Crowder changes that. But that was also risky. I mean, Jamison Crowder should always hurt. So you go into the year with Isaiah McKenzie, who's never proven himself as a consistent slot player, and a Jamison Crowder, who is exactly the skill set you need in that role, but he's always hurt, and guess what? He was hurt again. So I think that slot piece is, is as important to me as the, the, the speed piece that you're talking about. Ideally, you could find both. We didn't get to interior offensive line or, or right tackle even with Spencer Brown's struggles last year, but that I guess we'll have to wait for another day or one of your morning show appearances, Joe. Uh, thank you for making the time today. Really appreciate it and really glad that you're sort of in, in the regular rotation, albeit on a show that's not mine, but still like that you're a regular on the station, Joe. Admire the work, always have. Okay, guys, I really appreciate it. Enjoy talking with you and hope we can do it again soon. All right, that is Joe Marino again, the Draft Network and the Lockdown Bills podcast. I think Wednesday mornings are his regular shot with uh, Jeremy and Joe on our morning show here on WGR. We'll keep going on the football track. Our Sal Capaccio has been doing uh, a series of installments on the state of the Bills, and today's installment is on the defensive tackles. So we get to run down on that as well as kind of set the stage for uh, – the tampering period in free agency, which begins on Monday, and then actual free agency, which hits on Wednesday. That is straight ahead. 
along with Zach Jones and Joe Kelly. I am the Bulldog, and you're listening to W. All right, indeed, happy to welcome our Sal Capaccio in on the Wester Hotline on this snowy March Friday here on WGR. Sal, good afternoon. How are things, buddy? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good, good. Yeah, I know what last week we had the uh, snowfall on the weekend. This week we get the snowfall on the weekend. I know, right? The weekends are made for snow. I just want to get past all this and get to some good weather. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I'm, you, listen, don't tee me up to complain because like last week at this time I was, you know, 90 degrees and staring at the Pacific. So I'm, oh, that's right. I'm okay. I got, I got, a, I got a little break. So I'll, you know, I got to shovel a little or even fire up the snowblower or whatever. I'll be okay. I don't think we're getting that much uh, for the snowblower. So defensive tackles, uh, today mm-hmm. is the piece in the state of the Bills, and Ed Oliver has to be, I think, the centerpiece of the conversation here. And you, you even broached the idea in in the piece of may, maybe trading him away because, you know, is he really worth that fifth year option price tag that he's going to be playing on uh, this year? We'll assess the player, the performance, and maybe the way forward with Ed Oliver here, Sal. Yeah, and here's why I talk about trading him and write about trading him, because they're really in a tough spot when it comes to Ed Oliver. He's a good player. He can be dominant at times, to be honest with you. But he just hasn't, I don't think, lived up to the number nine overall pick that he was back in 2019. And I also don't think that he has been consistent enough or took a good enough step forward last year in his fourth year in the league. But they already decided on his fifth-year option, which they had to do before his fourth year. So that's this year. What that means is he has a guaranteed contract this year coming up of $10.8 million. So he's a good enough player where you want him on the roster. You'd love, yeah, hey, this guy's good. He can be dominant. There's no problem with that. It's not like you want to get rid of him. But that number is tough to live with given the production. So how do you reduce or get rid of that number? Well, you can't release them, like I said, because then you're already still paying the money. It's guaranteed. You release them, you eat $10.8 million. That's not happening. You can try to give them an extension, but do you really want to do that? Because now you're basically committing yourself to a player where, like I said, he has not worked out, and what are you really getting for that? Or the last solution is if you can trade them. And I would say go ahead and try and do that, and maybe Brandon Bean will. I just don't know if another team would be willing to give you – 
assets for Ed Oliver at that contract, they would also have to take on. Now, they could um, sign him to a new contract, but they'd have the same questions the Bills would. So I don't see that happening. So this all points to the direction of these two parties are, hmm, I guess I'd say, stuck with each other this year, and it would really benefit both if Ed Oliver had a humongous year. Yeah, I mean, the, the yeah, a, w- a way to like, change at least the cap number would be to get an extension done. But And I think you wrote this, right? right? You, if you don't like the price tag on one year, it, 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 I think the way this usually works, I mean, it would, it would be kind of surprising if you were to agree on a four- or five-year extension with him that was for less money on average than what mm-hmm. this fifth-year option is, right? Like, it, does he have... Does he have enough leverage to, like, it, you know, if, if he wanted a long-term deal, does it have to be at that number or more? I, I, I feel like yes. That's exactly right. I can't imagine. Like, there's no way Ed Oliver is signing an extension for only ten only 10.8 per year and lowering the cap number. Like, you, he's going to want more money. Right. So, I mean, in fact, he on social media, did, I don't know if you saw it. I saw a screenshot someone sent because they were people were talking about it. Yeah. Apparently he wrote something on Instagram about show me the money or I don't want to talk or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he wants to get paid. And what player doesn't want to get paid? So there's no way you'd have to have. You can't just go up to him and go, hey, buddy, by the way, we're reducing your salary. And, yeah, we can give an extension, but, you know, it's just going to be at our terms. That's right. not how it works, obviously. Right, million a year or something. Like, yeah, that just <laughs> right. Work, right? Yeah. No, I mean, heck, Daquan Jones is making $8 million this year on the cap. Right? There's no way. Ed Oliver's not going to sign for that. Again, he's been really good. He's been dominant at times. That's just not going to happen. So you really get to, at the end of the day, there's only two ways this can really go to me. Number one is he plays on that figure, and you really hope that he blows up this year because that would be great for him. He hopes he blows up. He can really hit free agency on a really nice time next year after a really great season and even put it in the Bills' minds that maybe they do want to extend him after that. That could happen, obviously. Um, and then the Bills can obviously it would they would reap the benefits of him playing really well. Or the the other solution is you try to find a trade partner for his ten point eight million dollars this year. Yeah, I want. I wonder. I yeah, you already said it. Like I wonder just how realistic that is and what you'd be getting back. I mean, there there would be some motivation, I think, to try to get out from under that ten point eight, like we've already talked about. But you'd want some kind of asset, I think, to make it worth your while, and that could get really dicey. Bottom line, Sal, like, do you think if the Bills could have it back, they would have passed on that fifth-year option? It's a good question. Um, I think sitting here today, knowing what you know, probably. But I was just also thinking, I didn't write this, but I'll say it. It wasn't the wrong call when they did it. No, I don't disagree, yeah. Right When they gave him the fifth-year option, he was coming off. Now, he's never going to be a big sack guy, but he had four sacks. He was – that was uh, after 2021. He had a nice year. He was really coming into his own. I think they showed a lot of flashes, and you said, okay, there's a guy we think we can continue to build the defensive line, the defensive tackle interior around. And I think it, you also risked, well, what if in his fourth year, which was the plan, what if he really has this monstrous year? Now we're going to have to really pay him in his fifth year. You locked him in for $10 million, which is doable – but now it looks like it's, okay, not something you'd really rather live with at this time, given the cap crunch you're already in. How, how much of his performance or lack of performance, his inconsistency, can be explained away by the, the, the performance around him or, or even his own health, Sal? Like, are there, 
are there excuses, for lack of a better word, uh, for him not meeting the threshold that maybe the Bills expected of him this past year? I think the one excuse would be once Von Miller went out, it really changed everything for the defensive line, even the the interior guys who saw more, you know, double teams and you could concentrate. When Von Miller's on the field, you know, teams have to think about him as the penetrator, as the edge rusher. When he's not, teams can focus more on the other guys, and that includes the interior guys, Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver. So I think that's the one built in. However, again, this is the ninth overall pick we're talking about who – He should be able to get through those things anyway. He should still be someone you can rely on on a play-in, play-out basis on a game-to-game basis. I don't think he rose to that level enough. He shouldn't be the type of player that when the premier defensive end goes out, that suddenly he starts to disappear. But that's basically what happened. Um, He did have a couple of sacks after that particular game. In fact, that game, he had the uh, safety and he had one sack. He had one more sack the rest of the year after that, but he only had two all year anyway. So the numbers are tough because he also had, he missed a few games because of an injury earlier in the year, and he's not really been injured. He did miss three games this year with an injury, but he hasn't really been injured in his career. And then you look at the guys, the other guys around him. You know, I I wouldn't say like Daquan Jones is, he had a really good year. We could talk about him. You know, Mm -hmm. these guys rotate so much. I would say numbers-wise, you can always say, yeah, the Bills rotate a lot of the defensive players, right? They're uh, defensive linemen. So he's not going to put up these monster numbers. But, no, I I think that even given those things, this is the type of player that still should be making plays and screaming to you, I'm still one of the better players on this side of the ball. And it just didn't really happen, especially after Von Miller went out. I I recognize that they already committed the 10.8 here in in the form of that fifth-year option. But I wonder, Sal, about the way the Bills, and they're not the only team that heavily rotates these defensive linemen. Um, Every team in the league, I think, has learned about load management and those sorts of things. But I think the Bills are as aggressive as any team in the league with it, which Mm -hmm. might lead me to wonder about the merit of paying any lineman uh, Mm -hmm. that's not a sack expert, say, like like an edge guy like Savon Miller. Um, especially an interior lineman, a big long-term contract if we're talking about guys who play, you know, 50%, 55% of the snaps. We've always talked about this, right? It's a great point. It's a great question. Um, I think every year when you talk about maybe getting a premier pass-rushing defensive end or someone in the interior, it's like, well, how much you want to pay him if he's only going to wind up playing 60% of the snaps at most, by the way? That's really... What it comes down to, Daquan Jones played the most snaps in the interior at 61% this year, and that's with an injured Ed Oliver. It's with an injured Jordan Phillips. They had to rely on him even a little bit more. But that's that's like the high watermark. The Bills don't have that. Since the days of Kyle Williams, I mean, Jerry Hughes played a bunch, but you know they really don't do that even with their defensive ends. It, I remember last year, this was the discussion when they signed Von Miller. So you're giving him $20 million a year. You better play him more than you play normally your normal defensive <laughs> ends, right? That just doesn't happen. I mean, you think about even... Even at the defensive end spot all year, and this is including with Miller's injury, obviously, they didn't have any defensive end who topped 44% of the total plays this year. Not one. Shaq Lawson, Greg Rousseau tied at 44%. Von Miller, 43. He was on track to have more. He probably would have been over 50, but obviously he was uh, he was hurt. So that go, that's baked into there. But you're right, Bulldog. It's a good question. So, But the problem is, if you also have the philosophy of, well, we can't really pay because we do that, 
Well, then you're always shortchanging yourself on the type of player that you can put in there, especially right. in key situations. Yeah, you're always going to be sort of bargain hunting to an extent. Correct. And they did some of that in th- this last offseason. Not that Jones's contract for this year is, is necessarily a bargain, but Sal, he, he's the next player I want to talk about because, you know, from maybe a disappointment in Oliver, Jones, you know, it was easy to kind of just lump the three guys they signed to upgrade their interior defensive line after losing Harrison Phillips and, 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 and divesting themselves of Latule, Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, and Jordan Phillips. So they're like, okay, we've got this committee, let's go. Jones ended up being, like, the guy there, I, I think, that really, really shined. So much so that I wonder, would it be worth, you know, you want to find a way to save some money, maybe extending him and lowering mm-hmm. this year's cap hit is an idea worth exploring. Um your thoughts on Jones moving forward? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would explore it at least. The Bills are on the hook this year for $8.58 million against the cap for Jones. Now, he does have a voidable year after this, so he'll be a free agent, but they basically gave him the voidable year in order to extend the money out. But you could go to him and say, look, we'd like to turn that voidable year into an actual contract year and then maybe give another voidable year on that. And then, you know, you can massage some money there. You can reduce his cap hit by a few million dollars. I think that would be a really good solution um, to maybe – some of the cap issues they're going to have here and they have to have, you know, before next week. That said, you know, Jones, even if you pay him that money, I think he's been worth it. Um, You know, this is a player that really was a difference maker. He doesn't show up on the stat sheet necessarily, doesn't get a ton of tackles or sacks, but he does a really good job of what he's supposed to do. And that has helped stop the run and help the linebackers do their job. The Bills linebackers both had fantastic years. We know that. We know Tremaine Edmonds had his best year, Uh, of his career and hitting free agency at the right time. Matt Milano was a first-team All-Pro. Well, one of the big reasons for that is the defensive line in front of them did a nice job, and that really started with Daquan Jones and the job he did. And then, of course, you get to the playoff game. I'm not saying it would turn out different, right? I mean, after everything we saw, I think it's a hard sell to say the Bills would have beaten the Cincinnati Bengals. But I'm confident in saying the Bengals would not have run for 172 yards on the Bills if Daquan Jones had been available, and they would have had to have a bit of a different game plan to control the game. No more was Daquan Jones' value felt in that game, and it was a massive, massive loss for the Bills that day. A couple of other players whose names have already come up as part of that trio of guys who were brought in last year in free agency at defensive tackle. Um, Tim Settle, Sal, um, boy, it, it maybe thought when the year began. I remember watching the Ram game and even the Tennessee game the first two weeks of the season, and thinking like these guys they've brought in in the middle are borderline unblockable. Like th- th- this team yeah. is going to be really something to deal with if if that continues. And it and it really didn't. Um, I don't know. What what did you think of Settle's season? Not the season I thought it would be. He wasn't bad by any means, but. He never rose to the type of level to have the type of impact that I thought he would. I really I really liked him in Washington, and he was behind some really good players there, so he never really got his opportunity. But when he was an opportunity, was when he got his opportunity in Washington, he was super efficient. And I thought, he's going to get more opportunity here, and he's going to really help. And it just kind of became a guy, really, on the defensive line. Um, so I, I'd like to see him do more. Now, they do have an option here if they want to move on from him. I don't know if it's really necessarily worth it, though. Uh, it would take a dead cap hit of $2.7 million. So do you really want to do that? Um, you would save $2.2 $2. 2 
but I I think I'd rather just assume pay him the four point nine and hope that he does have a bounce back year. Hope that he does do a little bit more for you. So I, I don't see that happening necessarily. It's always possible, of course, if they really need the salary cap space. But I think more than anything, I want Tim Settle just to play better. I want him to make more of a difference up front. It just didn't turn out the way I thought it would. But you know, maybe for whatever reasons, um, you know, he did have a couple of injuries, nicks and bumps along the way. Guys do. Um, but we'll see what happens. I did not think he had the year that I thought he was going to have. And Jordan Phillips is the the other of those three, and yeah. he's the only one of the guys that we've talked about so far who is a free agent. And you know, injuries probably are the story of his season, right? Yeah, and you know, Bulldog, he's the only free agent from this entire group. You know, you think about it, the Bills can run it back with all these guys except for Jordan Phillips, Oliver Settle, Daquan Jones, Elianku, Brandon Bryan, and Cortez Broughton all signed reserve future deals. Like they're all scheduled to come to camp. As far as Jordan Phillips. Really nice first stint with the Bills, especially that last year. Got him paid when he went to Arizona. He just has not stayed healthy in those three years, including the two in Arizona and then coming back to Buffalo. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, you don't want to criticize these. He's going so hard on the plays he got hurt, right? He's he's trying to block Tannehill, pulls his hamstring. He's right. chasing around Mac Jones. He falls. He hurts his shoulder. He never got over that injury. I think he said at the end of the year he had, he had a torn labrum, had to have surgery. So it's one of those things where, man, you know, this guy just plays – he goes to the wall every single play, and unfortunately, that's cost him some injuries, and that's cost him some games. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Now, that said, because of that, I can't see a very big market for him. So if the Bills want to revisit that, I think they like Jordan Phillips, and he's brought a lot of energy, and he's the kind of player that I think they like having in their locker room. If they feel that they can keep him healthier, I wouldn't rule out a um, you know, a lower veteran-type deal, even a minimum-type deal. Yeah, I know we're talking about the tackles here, and, and Jordan Phillips certainly is one of those. I feel like he and Shaq Lawson together yeah. were, were like, I know like so, sometimes I bristle at sort of falling in love with the, the guy coming back, right? Like, oh, go, yeah, well, we know this guy. Go get that guy. Um, I, I think to varying degrees that that, that was, you know, a, a good enough idea. And if they could bring both of those guys back, depending on the contracts, I, I think I'd be game for it. I I don't disagree with that. I think the question is just really about Phillips' health. If you think that Jordan Phillips can yeah. stay healthy, Shaq has been healthy. Shaq was Shaq was good. Shaq was solid. We talked about that yesterday. I have no problem with that whatsoever. In fact, good for him if he winds up getting paid enough to go somewhere else. But if not, then bring him back. And you're right. You know, it's always like, ah, eh, we tried that. The guy was here. I always want to remind fans, though, you're always going to sign guys like that. 90 guys come to camp, right? So whether it's Jordan Phillips and or Shaq Lawson – or a couple of other guys, you're going to give people that money anyway who are kind of similar to them, and you don't know them as much. So there's always a benefit of bringing a guy back that knows your system, knows what's expected. And I think for those reasons, I would, absolutely. Because even if it's not them, we're going to be sitting here talking in a month or so about, well, they signed this free agent that basically is a replica of those guys that they that they didn't resign. Right. So as we head into the weekend tampering period opens monday right and then free agency actually begins on wednesday um got any sense of how the wind is blowing for the bills on say Edmonds or poyer i mean it, it feels this would be really hard to keep either one of those guys i feel like i think the longer this goes on the closer we get the um closer and more it looks like they're going to lose tremaine Edmonds. and i think i've always i've always felt they're going to lose jordan poyer the only thing they could save maybe keeping jordan poyer is i think if both sides agreed that you know what, we're better off with you than without you. Let's run it back for one more year. Jordan loves being in Buffalo, loves Micah Hyde playing with him, um, you know, wants to win a, a Super Bowl here. 
if he just says, you know, I just really, really want to, and let's work out something for one year if we can, because it just doesn't seem like they're interested in any any kind of long term investment, which is what he was looking for, and what he'll probably get at some, you know, two three year deal somewhere. Um, so I never felt that was the case as far as Edmonds. I mean, I keep reading that he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid, and we're talking probably. 15 to 17 million dollars a year are the bills do they want to be in that marketplace i'm not really sure and even if they did um you know he might get even more than that somewhere else we'll see it only takes one team as they always say so yeah the the closer we get to that i just find it really interesting we talked about this that we have not heard one personnel move other than re-signing ike butker right i mean but (laughs) as far as releases restructures that's got to come. I mean, we know that because they're over the cap. They have to do those things. I expect Josh Allen to get restructured. I expect Ron Miller to get restructured. But there's always moves, and we just haven't heard anything. So I'm, I think it's cool, too, to be honest with you. Like, I'm kind of intrigued. Like, what are they doing? Are they just waiting in the weeds? What's, what's the landscape look like? They're watching. Ooh, Adam Thielen just got cut. Ooh, Braxton Berrios just got cut. Ooh, there's a linebacker. You know, maybe they're doing that before they actually kind of figure out which guys they want to do it with to know exactly how much money they need to play. Yeah, with. I, I am as intrigued. I mean, this is one of these things. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I feel like... For many years, Sal, we, I, I don't know, I don't want to speak for you, I sort of dreaded the opening of free agency because, you mm. know, the Bills were mired in the playoff drought, and it's just, like, with the exception of, like, the Mario Williams year, um, right. you were never, like, significant players. You were going to overpay to get people to come to your team because of your reputation, et cetera, et cetera, right? It was just sort of like, ugh, sort of making a face, free agency, ugh. Um, man, this is a super intriguing year with – you know, the, the caliber of player that they're, um, you know, perhaps about to lose. And then, you know, 
the 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 state of the team overall and what the expectations are. Like Brandon Bean, I, I just I hope he relishes it. I'm sure there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress that comes with it, but I can't wait to see what he does. Agreed. And you know, I go back to his press conference at the end of the season and he he admitted like hey we we're over the cap like we got to make deal we got to make moves he said and then he said the combine more restructuring than releases which is interesting that we haven't had any releases or restructures but maybe they won't have many but i was sitting in the room when we had that press conference end of the year wrap things up and i never got the sense that he was like in any way panicked or worried about it and almost i i actually almost got the sense of he is like not worried at all that they can do everything they want to do. And it doesn't mean they're going to go out and sign a Von Miller and $20 million. That's not what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Right. But I got kind of the sense of, yeah, we're, we're, we'll make some moves. We'll be fine. We have, we'll have money to play with and we'll do what we need to do, which was really interesting given all the, oh my God, they're so far over the cap. Look what's happening today around the league. Come on. Right. This happens every year. The bills will do this to some capacity. They're going to create money. They're going to free up money. They'll have enough money to do what they want to do. If you really want to do something, you find a way to do it. Sal, thanks a lot for making time for me on this Friday afternoon. Enjoy your weekend, and I'm sure we'll be reconnecting bright and early on Monday. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.